I am super excited about uh, Kingdom Culture. So we're starting a new series this morning, and uh, I'm going to do it a little bit different than usual. So I'm going to do like uh, sort of two parts, two 20-minute parts. So Kingdom Culture, um, to, to, to just quickly, we, we're gonna, I'm gonna basically do four Sundays that we're going to be looking at Kingdom Culture from different angles, from this, different aspects. And I promise you, if you get this, because I'm going to share some paradigms, some kingdom paradigms, that if, if you get this, this will truly change, radically change your life. Okay, so I'm going to pray for us, then I'm gonna, we're going to get into it. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit to give us understanding. Lord, we pray for your light to shine upon our hearts. Lord, open our eyes to see. The glory, the goodness, the power of your kingdom. Lord, bless this time. Show us your way. Let your truth impact our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I want to, like the, the core truth I want to share over this, over this term is this. If you build it, God will come. If you build the kingdom culture, God will come. So I'm going to unpack that for us. So I want to ask a question. Why did Jesus come? Like the big picture. Why? I'm sure we can give a hundred reasons why Jesus came. Why did God become flesh? Why did Jesus come? Do you know? Like the big picture. Because the answer to this question will determine basically everything of our lives as believers in Christ. You see, if we say the reason Jesus came is to establish a religion, that's going to give us a very specific context by which we're going to live. But if we say, no, Jesus came to establish a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven on earth, completely different paradigm. You see, if you have, if you have a religious mindset... Jesus came to establish a religion, you know, it makes things woolly and weird, and, and, and I'm going to explain as we go. But if we say Jesus came to establish a kingdom, everything's different. Everything's different. If we say, well, there is a king in heaven that reigns, and he has come to establish that same reign that's in heaven here on earth, it's like, okay. Kingdom, religion. Kingdom where the king is the center of everything compared to religion, which is very much me-focused, man-focused. You see, the primary message, the primary message of Jesus Christ was a kingdom message. That was his message. Go read it, the Gospels. The message of Jesus was, guys, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. He said, the kingdom of heaven is here, now. So this is huge. He said at the heart of the kingdom message also is change, repent. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is coming. So, so when Jesus came, he announced, guys, I've got good news. The kingdom of heaven is invading this realm. Good news, great news. 
I have come. The king has come. And the king is establishing his kingdom reign on the earth to deliver the whole world, all of mankind, from the oppression and the torment of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. So, kingdoms clashing. The kingdom of heaven coming. And that's what Jesus did. He announced the good news that he went around demonstrating the kingdom, the glory of the kingdom of heaven, setting people free. His message was kingdom. Whenever Jesus taught, he was teaching about the kingdom. Go read it again, the gospels. Everything he said was about his realm. So he came and he said, guys, I know this is quite difficult for you, but... Um, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Then he would share a parable. And then he would say, and the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he would share another parable. Because we battle to understand what his kingdom, what his realm is like. So we have the realm, the superior kingdom of heaven. You see, the kingdom of heaven is vastly superior to the kingdoms of this world. Vastly superior. The kingdoms of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. This is like an advanced civilization that is invading this realm to establish the reign and the rule of the kingdom. So, and it's our privilege to partner with God. Now, a, a, a fundamental kingdom paradigm that we need to have if we want to move forward effectively is this. The kingdom of heaven is the superior, eternal kingdom. Superior and eternal. Secondly, the kingdom of heaven is coming and will keep on coming until the whole earth is filled with the reign and the rule of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is huge. So the kingdom is here and the kingdom is coming and will keep on coming until the whole earth is filled with the rule and reign of the kingdom of heaven. This is profound, because if you speak to some people, and who's really into end-time things, and the Antichrist, then it's like, oh, it's just going to get worse, eh? Everything's going down, it's just getting darker. Oh, I think our president is probably the Antichrist, or whatever, you know? Every next American president is the Antichrist, and it's all getting worse and worse. What would be the result if we embrace that paradigm that everything's just getting worse and worse, we won't have faith. We won't try and change anything because, you see, country's going to hell. We're expecting it. It's the end times. Compared to, no, there's a superior kingdom that is right now invading this realm. And this kingdom will be extended and will keep on being extended until that reign of Christ covers the whole earth. That gives us confidence. Amen. Huge confidence. So we see this in the book of Daniel. Let me, let me show you. We see in the book of Daniel, uh, the Babylonian Empire, we had the emperor, King Nebuchadnezzar. He was ruling the known world. And he was really full of himself. He was a proud man. And then he had a dream. And this dream was revealed to him by God. So he like he saw a he had a dream of what the future looks like. And in this dream he saw an image 
of himself, Nebuchadnezzar, a statue of Nebuchadnezzar. The head was gold, then the next was silver, the next was bronze, and then iron, and, and so forth. And each of these metals represented a kingdom. No one could figure out what his dream was or what it meant, but God revealed it to Daniel. And then Daniel revealed to the king, this is what it means. Now look at this, Daniel chapter 2, verse 35. It says, then the iron, he's, he's interpreting the dream, and he says, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together. Say crushed. Crushed together and became like chaff. From the summer threshing floors, the wind carried them away. These kingdoms represented by the gold and the silver and the bronze, these kingdoms were crushed. You see, the statue was a statue of a man, and the kingdoms of this world is built upon man. It's man-centric, man-centered. And now Daniel reveals that these kingdoms will be destroyed. It says, the wind will carry these kingdoms away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Isn't that amazing? There's a stone that is, comes, which represents the kingdom of heaven. The stone struck the kingdoms of the earth. They were crushed. They became like chaff. The wind blew them away. There was no trace left of them. And then the rock became a mountain. And it filled the whole earth. Hallelujah. Let's say it filled the whole earth. So that is the kingdom of God is coming and will keep on coming until the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. The Bible says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. It's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. But so many of us have a religious mindset that is where we are the center of the deal compared to a kingdom mindset where Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He is the center of everything. Okay, so the kingdom is coming. And we'll keep on coming now. How does this look? So I've, I made a diagram. So you have a circle representing the kingdom of heaven. And then you have a circle representing the earth. Two kingdoms. Originally, the kingdom of heaven could, it had free access to the kingdoms of the earth. It had free access to the earth. There was no sin. God created the earth out of the kingdom of heaven, the superior kingdom. He birthed the natural realm, the visible realm, out of the spirit realm. So there was no sin. God made mankind. The earth was blessed. What happened? We rebelled against our king. Mankind rebelled. The earth became cursed. Sin flooded in. Evil flooded in. And the two realms could no longer cross over. They could no longer overlap. So how, what does it look like when the kingdom comes? It comes, it looks like this image, the two overlap. The area of overlap, that is the area where the kingdom of heaven reigns on the earth. So in that overlap area, that is where the kingdom of heaven reigns on the earth. 
And so we see this all through Scripture, this journey of the king of heaven wanting to establish his reign on the earth, but he could not because of sin. So what did he do? He gave mankind a blueprint of how they should build. So Moses was on the mountain with God, and God gave him a blueprint and said, Moses, build me a tabernacle, a place where there will be blood sacrifices, a place where there will be an outer court and an inner court, a holy place and a holy of holies. Build me a tabernacle. And God's glory came and dwelt amongst the Israelites. You see, if you build it, God will come. If you build according to the blueprint of heaven, God will come. If you create an environment where God is welcome, He's going to come. So later on, we see with Solomon, same thing. God gave him a blueprint. Solomon built the temple, the temple of Solomon, and the glory of God came. And we see this in this verse. 1 Kings 8, verse 10. As they finished the building of the, the, the temple of Solomon, it says there, And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The cloud, God's tangible presence. The king of heaven came and dwelt in their midst. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Say the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled this environment. The two realms overlapped. That is what it means for the kingdom come. The kingdom came. And how should we pray? We should pray, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let these two realms overlap. Let the king establish his rule and reign in our midst. Kingdom culture. If you and I build the kingdom culture, the kingdom of heaven, that culture here on earth, we're going to see God come. If you build it, he will come. If you build the kingdom culture, he will come. But what what does that kingdom culture look like? So I want to unpack that a little bit for us. What does that kingdom culture look like? So a little bit later on in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, we see Jesus coming. So we had Moses' tabernacle. We had Solomon's temple. And then we had Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. And He was a mobile temple. In other words, the fullness of God, of the Holy Spirit, dwelt within him. And wherever Jesus went, the kingdom came. Jesus carried the very presence of the living God wherever he went. And then he released the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus had the kingdom culture on the inside of him. The fullness of the kingdom culture on the inside of him. I believe the kingdom culture can be broken down to five cultures. Apostolic culture, prophetic culture, pastoral culture, teaching culture, and evangelistic culture. The fivefold ministry. Jesus was apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. He was all five. And he, co- he carried the kingdom culture on the inside of him. And so wherever he went, the fullness of God went with him. Amen. So Jesus reveals to us then what is king, the kingdom culture. So let me un- unpack this a little bit more. The kingdom culture is like a riverbed upon which 
the fivefold ministry anointing can flow. If you build an apostolic culture, an apostolic anointing will flow. If you build a prophetic culture, the prophetic anointing can flow. If you build a pastoral culture, the pastoral flow can flow. Okay, so we're going to look at this over the next few weeks. The kingdom culture also creates a wineskin. You know the scripture that says, if you want to have the new wine, you need to build a wineskin. A new wineskin. You have a new wine. You need to create an environment that can contain the new wine. New wineskin. Okay? So kingdom culture is to build an atmosphere where God can reign. That's our challenge. That's your challenge. That's my challenge. But first of all, we need to understand what does the kingdom culture look like? Okay, so let me unpack this. Let me give you a few, a few practical <clears throat> examples. The kingdom of heaven is the upside-down kingdom. Let's say it's say upside-down. It's the upside-down kingdom. It is the opposite of everything that we see as normal. Okay, so let's say you come to me and you say, Andre... <clears throat> Don't have much time. Just quickly give me the lowdown. Explain to me what the kingdom is like. What is the kingdom like? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, so you ask a question. Okay, so where? Show me. This empire, this superior kingdom, where is it? And I'll have to say to you, um, I can't show it to you. What do you mean you can't show it to me? Because it's on the inside of you. Jesus said, for the kingdom is Within you, okay, upside down. Normally with an empire, you can, have, you can show us monuments and big things to show us the glory of the empire. But when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, we can't. We can see the effects of the empire. We can see an effect of the kingdom of heaven. But I can't show it to you. That's weird. What about, uh, okay, now you ask the question. So, uh, okay, Andre, I want to, how, how do I enter the kingdom? Can I write a test? I'm, I'm good at tests. I, can I write a test? I, uh, I have to tell you no. Um, well, actually, Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you need to become like a child. Like a child. Now you're like, whoa, this is, this is weird. Normally, you just write a test <laughs> to get something. But I must become like a child? No, man, that's weird. Okay, so, so Andre... Um, I want to, I'm an ambitious guy. I want to be like the man in the kingdom. How do I become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Come on. I want to, how do I become the greatest? Well, to be honest, um, then you need to be the least of all and the servant of all if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Now you're like, ay, ay, ay. Now you're messing with my head now. Are you seeing it? Upside down kingdom. And then you say, okay, I want to be rich in the kingdom. I want to be wealthy in the kingdom of heaven. How do I do it? So, well, that's easy. Well, in this realm, you, you, in a sense, you have to take to have. In the kingdom of heaven, you need to give. To get. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> this, is, this is freaky. What do you mean? It is the opposite 
The kingdom of heaven is the opposite. You know, but when we come with a religious mindset, we like, uh, we miss it because we take our earthly culture, human mindset, we bring it into the church and we wonder why it isn't working because you need a kingdom mindset, the kingdom of heaven mindset. And then you say, okay, Andre, now, um, now tell me, okay, so if someone hates me, surely I can do revenge. I can, like, do revenge on them. And I want to dance on their grave. And I'd say, ah, sorry. Um, Jesus said, those who hate you, you must love them. You must forgive them. You must do good to them. You must bless them. You're like, what? the softy, rubbish, so-called superior kingdom is this? And if so, so, so you can ask questions, well, so if someone slaps me on, the, on my cheek, <laughs> punch time, huh? huh? Yes. Uh, no. Turn the other cheek. Let him slap you. No, no, no. Andre, you, this is just crazy. Now you may ask the question, but Why? Why would this be so? I want to I illustrate with a story. You see, God loves people. He hasn't come to destroy lives. He has come to win the hearts of people. So there was a missionary, American missionary in Iran, Christian missionary. He was, uh, they, um, the police came, arrested him put him in jail, and then he was tortured daily. He was beaten and tortured by the same man every day. For months upon months, he lost his hope. This guy's name is Dan Bauman. So Dan was in jail. He was being tortured every day. They would hit him to pieces. He lost all hope to such a point that he said, I don't want to live anymore. He fell into a deep hole. He tried to commit suicide four times in that prison cell. The fourth time, he just fell on his knees in that cell, just weeping and weeping. God, I can't do this anymore. He says, next moment, a bright light enters the prison, the cell. Jesus walks into his little cell, smiling, saying, I love you. I'm going to give you the strength to break through, to come through this. And he's, he, re- he receives hope, and he gets up from that place. And then God starts to speak to him about the man that is torturing him. God starts revealing to him how much God loves the man that is torturing him. Crazy. So day after day, God reveals to him how much he loves, how much Jesus loves this man that's torturing him. At some point, another day in that little torture chamber, Dan was sitting across the table from him, and then he stretched forth his hand to his tormentor and said, well, if we're going to be spending the rest of our days together, let's be friends. So he reached out his hand and said, what's your name? Let's be friends. And this Muslim man got up, shocked. Like, whoa, what is this? He just looked at him, just didn't know what to do with this. At some point, he stretched out his hand as well, and he took his hand and he said to him, my name is Razak. 
and I will be your friend. And for 10 minutes, he held his hand, and the tears was just running down this Muslim man's face. The kingdom of heaven just came. It's the opposite. It's the upside-down kingdom. It doesn't make sense. But Jesus knows that even the hardest heart cannot resist kindness in the face of oppression, love in the midst of hatred. It is the upside-down kingdom. If you want to access the fullness of the kingdom of heaven, we need to get a kingdom paradigm. It's the upside-down kingdom. We need to change our value system and then start applying these values, these principles to access the fullness of God. If we build a kingdom culture, first on the inside of us and then around us, the kingdom of heaven is going to come. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the upside-down kingdom. Lord, open our eyes, shift our hearts to know, to see from your perspective. Lord, deliver us from a dry, dead, religious mindset and open our eyes for the glory and the beauty of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.